The season 10 premiere is here, and we have a seasoned entrepreneur on the show streaming in from the United Kingdom. This week, we have a guest who launched his business back in 2001 and is now an international powerhouse. It's time for another episode of That Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Vincent A. Lancey. Whether you are looking to start or scale your business, this is the show for you. Each week, I interview entrepreneurs in all fields from around the country and across the globe. You never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. Each guest is going to take you through their story and help you learn from their successes and lessons learned. The guest to start season 10 is the founder and CEO of Potential Squared. This company is an international firm that specializes in creating playgrounds to disrupt the way people are led and are innovators in virtual reality for leadership. Colin and his award-winning team teach organizations how to build a workplace culture that is less like a classroom and more like a playground, a place filled with opportunities to take risks and test boundaries with soft ground to which to fall, a place where leaders and their teams are free to make mistakes and get things wrong, a place where it's okay to fail. And I loved learning about this company because I'm a big believer in learning from each lesson learned or failure, if you want to call it that. Let's now bring him on. Colin Hunter. Colin, thank you so much for starting out season 10. It's a pleasure, Vincent. Lovely that you would invite me on. I'm looking forward to sharing the story. Hopefully hits a few notes for your listeners. Yeah. I'm sure we will hit quite a few. Would you mind giving our listeners a quick introduction before we dive in? Yeah. So Colin Hunter, I'm a recovering imposter. Uh, Spent most of my life believing I'm not worthy and then created a niche and found my niche literally by being more wrong uh, in failure. So I look back, I look at all my screw ups, but it was in the screw ups that I identified. I went, I was made redundant, let go by Procter and Gamble, and I went and did an MBA. And it was there that I suddenly discovered a playground where I was working, I was thinking theory, I was going through all the the things that you would do as a leader. And I suddenly realized that a lot of these things are based around people. Mm-hmm. And since then, have really focused down. So how do I give an opportunity to people from 18 years old all the way up to have a go, to create playgrounds, to disrupt the way they are, and, and the way they're led um, and shape their careers. So I've been doing that and my whole purpose is to have fun. So if I'm not having fun, my people who are working with me are not having fun, that's great. But other principle in there is about heroes. So how do we create heroes? And every day, whether it's CEOs or uh, at the front line, it's about creating heroes. That's what I'm about, yeah. I love everything about what you stand for, what you're doing. I was actually started to read a Dale Carnegie book, my first one by him. And it mentioned something in the beginning where in a workplace where it's strict and people aren't loose and relaxed, they don't perform as well. And then once they changed the way the manager approached the employees, he noticed all the productivity efficiency up. I'm sure you're agreeing with that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm reading, talk about a book. I'm reading a book called Be More Pirate. And uh, the whole principle is if you look at pirates and you look what they do, I mean, he ends the book with a har, you know, which I absolutely love. But the whole principle is this analogy, you know, pirate code, pirates were the first to, to bring almost equality into the leadership structures uh, of businesses. So you can use analogies to bring that in. But, you know, you've got to get people to have fun. And, but what I hate is when people say, oh, we're going to have fun. 
everybody's got to find their own version of fun. And some of it might be numbers, spreadsheets, everything else. Some of my team are Excel geeks. Yeah, um, I'm a people geek. I love the virtual reality. That's my geek, yeah, uh, in there. But you got to choose your own sense of fun. That's a, a key principle in here, yeah. Very well said. Everyone's different, which some people enjoy, others don't. But you found something you enjoy. You're thriving. Business is going on for 20 years now. You described you had some imposter syndrome, mm. let go of Procter & Gamble. Can you describe that moment a little more in detail for our listeners of what really jump-started your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I think for me, it's about the voices that are in your head. Um, and there's a, there's a quote, the only voice you should really fundamentally listen to is the own one in your own head. And you fill it with so many things. And, and it's, it's weird because we're on a podcast that probably is going out and I'm filling some ideas into other people's heads and they're hearing voices. Oh, I should be doing this. But, you know, there's a whole load of stimulus and stimuli coming at us. What we've got to do is filter it down. So the MBA, it was that moment where I'd screwed up. Yeah. Ended a personal relationship. Uh, was in a, an MBA, was playing. And I, I was looking around that room and we had senior people from Ford, senior people from big retailers. And I thought, how can I, how can I compete? But it was that moment of realizing that they couldn't organize themselves. They couldn't get conversations going. And my ability was to connect with people um, and bring those together. So it was that starting point. But I think the key thing was, we were socializing. We were having fun. We were out windsurfing. You know, we had one eye on the on the the group in front in terms of what was being on the presentation. The other eye on whether the wind was picking up outside. And I'm a big believer that when you get people out of the work environment, and my grandfather used to uh, be a professor and he used to take people fishing, and that was on the fishing. He would get people's real thoughts. So I suddenly realized that what my connection, my ability was to bring people together and do that. So. I've played with it. I still have imposter syndrome. I've gone through three business partners in my time. Yeah. And, and every time I go through a business partner, I suddenly realize I don't need anybody else fundamentally to be me or to support me. What I need is a team around me that are brilliant at what they do, have their different skills and other pieces. And that's really helped me to, uh, to get over the imposter syndrome. However, Still have it. I think everybody does, Vincent. I think, you know, we're all sitting here going, yeah, there's, you know, I've, I've got a keynote to do in October in front of my peers. And I'm thinking, oh, buddy, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do here? You know, so we're not worthy is in there, but it's about getting the butterflies to fly information when we fear. Yeah, to, to, to work on that. And that's what I'm working on myself. And I work with other people to get that. Uh, to we we got to get out of our own way sometimes. Exactly, exactly. well put. And something we all need is more hours in the day, but we don't need two of us. Compliment your skill sets with skill sets that you're weaker in. Your weakness can be someone else's strength. I am looking forward to having more resources as far as financial resources to build a better team around me, to help me in areas that I'm not the best in, but I still do give 100% because my goals are my babies and I am yeah. putting them into fruition. But you've been on your own for a while. What are two of the hardest parts for you of doing things on your own as an entrepreneur? I don't, well, I think one of them is knowing uh, when to let go. Yeah. And uh, I've got a, an expression in my life that I'm a control freak. Um, so linked to what we just said. And without the control, all you've got is the freak. So I think the biggest thing is what to outsource, what to get done elsewhere. Uh, I've got a COO who is in, in, instrumental in my business. We are so different. She thinks differently. Um, so that's first thing. 
Second thing is not fearing failure. I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the, the last three, four years is I've started to involve my clients in failure. So I've actually partnered with them. Rather than getting this perfect polished product out there, I've started to work. And this is where we got two awards over the last three, four years, is by failing with our clients and learning fast with our clients. We got two awards. We measured what we were doing. And these are now million over a million dollar contracts that are hitting uh, every year consistently because we've got some metrics behind it. And it was only have happened by doing this learning fast and, and saying to the client, we are going to fail. Yeah. Getting them ready for it. Um, so I think those are the two things that I had in my mind is not to fear failure. Screw-ups lead to amazing results and, uh, and amazing ideas come out of those as well. You can't fear failure. It's natural. The best of the best of the best still get things wrong. You have to look at, for people who can resonate with sports here in baseball, if you hit 300, you're generally considered an all-star. You do it longevity. That's the Hall of Fame. Hitting 300 means you fail 70% of the time. 70% of the time you are getting out or yeah. not a hit. That's the difference between the mindset people need to adapt. It's impossible to do things perfect. It's impossible to do things correct every time the first time. But if you believe in yourself, hard work can go a long way. And through that hard work, we always find these lessons learned. What's one lessons learned that sticks out to you here, Colin? I think the biggest lesson for me is about practice, purposeful practice. Um, so I, I have a mantra in my head that most leaders are sailing their ship around the harbor. That's all they do. You know, they're practicing putting the sails up, putting the sails down. And the one thing you got to do is go out and stretch yourself. So therefore, doing the keynote in October, going out and stretching myself with the toughest clients. There's certain clients, C-suite clients that you think, oh, really? But actually, the only way you're going to get better is practice. So I have one lesson in there that if I don't feel that sense of fear, that sense of butterflies in my stomach, then I'm not doing uh, what is right. Um, so I've got to get my ship out of the, the harbor, sail in rougher seas. And once you start to do that, you get people who want to follow you out there as well. I think that's the, the other thing. So role modeling. Yeah, we've got to practice what we preach as leaders and therefore get our ship out of the harbor and start to sail it. Yeah, whatever you do. When people see you're confident, they believe in you. If you don't look confident, they're not going to believe you. Think of anything. When you come across someone, a professional in various industries, and they don't have the confidence, you don't feel confident in them, you're hesitant, you may want to bring your business elsewhere. And that just comes down to not learning enough or needing to learn more. You need to put in the hours in entrepreneurship. Everyone listening to this podcast, most founders, they relate to 12, 14, 16 hour days. Because these things take time, you have to continue to work at it and mm. read a lot of books, have a lot of conversations like this. Me mm. and Colin, we're jamming it up right now. But if you could choose to have a conversation with anyone else, dead or alive, any entrepreneur, who's your choice? Oh, tough question. Um, I mean, for me, I would probably, and it's a, it's a cliched one, but Steve Jobs. Because I, I, I do believe that there's, uh, there's some of the strengths that he had, really powerful strengths, the ability to, to see that bigger picture and work with it. But I'd love to understand how he was resilient in the background um, to, to do that, because that's a big area for me. Because, you know, you talked about confidence there, Vincent. Three Cs we have. Confidence is the ability to, to speak vocally and, and physically in a, in a strong way. But I once got off a plane and followed with 10 other people, a gentleman who'd got off the plane and he was heading with purpose. 
towards somebody. We all followed him. It was only when he went into the restroom, we realized that we didn't want to go there. Yeah. So the confidence by itself without conviction and values. And I, what I loved about Steve Jobs is he had a conviction. He had his values. He had his set. You might not like it, but he had those. Um, but the, the final bit is the, the ability to be connected and therefore no plan survives first contact with the enemy. So how, how in that moment are you agile? Uh, in there. So Steve Jobs would be mine just to learn how he did that and his, his lessons uh, in there. Yeah. Yeah. He did things his way, but it worked. And yeah. you have to find what works for you. There is no right way to do anything. Yeah. There are several ways. And I challenge you to find a better way. That's my challenge <laughs> for the audience, just yeah. like Thomas Edison. But I'd like to ask you, Colin, where would this meeting go down if you had the choice? Oh, where would it go down in terms of where it would land for people or where it would, yeah. where would you sit down with Mr. Jobs? Oh, where would the meeting? Okay. So for me, it'd be a coffee house. I'm a big, I'll give a shout out to my coffee house, friend gingers, which is just down the road. Amazing coffee. For me, I've had most of my best ideas in the coffee houses, so I would do that. But I would pick where his best coffee house was. I'd love, I love exploring new coffees, new wines. That would be my passion. So, but I used to live in San Francisco, so I'd probably want to go back there uh, and well, do that there. Yeah. Well, later in life, when we all move on, be sure to have a conversation with them. Let's now look into the future in this life here, Colin. We're going to do short term and long term. Where do you see yourself in all of your entrepreneurial journeys? One year, two years, three years? Yeah. So I want to get out of my own way. There's a good friend who describes himself as an ex-CEO. I'd like to be an ex-CEO of Potential Squared. Um, so I'm looking for that to, to make me move out. Two other things I've got in my mind. One is that I, I'm a great believer in equity for for giving people an opportunity. And 18 to 20 year olds is the area that I'd love to work on. So we're working on a project at the moment That's cool, about yeah. how we give some of the skills to the 18 and 20 year olds, wherever they are, no matter the background to do that. Um, and the final bit for me entrepreneur is I'm gonna be bored, I'm never gonna retire. So I'm looking for the next bright, shiny object that's out there. So apart from VR immersion, there's gotta be something out there for me. So I'm always on the lookout for the next bright, shiny object. I think as an entrepreneur, we will always continue to move on to the next project. It's just how quick do we let our baby go? I'm looking forward to continuing building my brand, continuing to have these shows evolve, the few more books, and hopefully as this COVID mess gets put behind us, yeah. in-person speaking engagements come back to life. I really want to be back in the classrooms and the hospitals, engaging mm -hmm. with students and children because my book, Mr. Lanty Talks Mental Health, it really didn't have the time since it released in October to do what I'd like it to do because of all of the resistance with COVID. I just want to help the children out there who battled a very difficult change of mental health as adults did too, but children are the future. <laughs> yeah, they are. And, and, and for me, you know, there's a lost generation of my daughters going through COVID, their education. They haven't yeah. had the same experience, but I think it's the same for leaders, young leaders. There's going to be that gap for the future as well for not only children, but the leaders where they're, they're tired, they're stressed um, and their resilience is, is at such a low level. How do we, how do we work with them? So I'm with you. I want to get back out there. Yeah. I'm only a little over a decade at a high school and the, change of life just from that bit i mean well technologies continue to evolve as well i think an iphone came out when i was in i don't know 10th grade maybe something like that and then you see now they have an iphone every every people just buy the new phone just for the camera 
You know, it's, it's, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole world we're living in. But now we got to hop into the spotlight story, Colin. I love yeah. your take on this one. I do it each week. I share an entrepreneur. I hope resonates with my guest as far as location or industry. And since we have an all star from the United Kingdom today, I want to introduce the story of a name everyone knows, but the story they may not in Simon Cowell. Mm. Most known from American Idol, but why do I have him on the Entrepreneur Show? He was honored as number 41 of New Statesman, the world's 50th most influential figures back in 2010 for a reason. He worked many menial jobs, including the EMI Music Publishing Mailroom, but surprised he did not get along with his co-workers. His father, a music executive, helped him get another job in the industry as an assistant with A&R in 1971. He held on there, was promoted, and in the 1980s, he became an entrepreneur and founded his own ENS Music with his former EMI boss, Ellis Rich. After much success, he left after a few years to create a new company, Fanfare Records, which also found success. However, and this can relate to a lot of people listening on as the ups and downs with entrepreneurship, his company shut down in 1989 and had to move back home with his parents after the success. However, he persevered, he didn't give up, and eventually got a job as a consultant to BMG. And I want to end this right up to show a few more of his entrepreneurial endeavors, some I was not aware of, taking part in the game show, Sale of the Century, releasing novelty recordings like the Teletubbies, Zigzag, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I watched as a kid and some WWE wrestlers was WWF back when I tuned in. But Colin, what do you take away from his whole journey? Maybe some new tidbits as a resident out there. So one of the, my neighbors who used to live across me used to work for him. So, uh, and the, the powerful thing for me is he has a very strong brand, which is driven through him. But what he's created behind him is a very strong team. So the guy who was across there was, was amazing at his, his ability to, to, to pick up the background. So behind the team. What I also love is he's refreshing himself all the time. And when he gets something wrong, so when he was beaten to number one in the charts in the UK with his, um, his latest version of the show, he gave credit to the people who did that. And, and I think that competitive that. edge in him is is powerful. I think he's not particularly liked in a great way as an entrepreneur. He doesn't really care as long as he's doing stuff for people and he's building stuff. That's great. But behind it, we know that he's actually, he cares about what he does and he cares about the impact he has. So yeah, entrepreneurs sometimes get a bad rep, but for him, I think he's done a great job. I would, I would, I would follow him, but I'd love to just sit down and understand a bit more about what it takes to uh, to be again him in a resilient space yeah i appreciate that answer because reputations are just that what other people say he does like the people he does like creating good memories and he does credit his team which is very admirable and colin just as you have done i got to thank you so much for coming on the value is endless i love the three c's I loved how you emphasized getting out of your own way. And I loved how you showed your future ambitions where you want to give back to the next generation, bring on an aspiring 18, 20 year old, a hungry kid, give him some equity, let him earn it. Now I got to ask you for your last word. I do this on all of my shows because I want to let the listeners connect with you the best I can offer them. What would you like to end with? 
For me, curiosity. So the the piece I would end it if I had one word. Um, you know, the, the I've got a website. Be more wrong. I'm always curious about people's explorations and journeys, and I'd love people to connect through that uh, to do that. But I'm curious. It's what I've learned is is the way forward. And I think leadership is all about reflection, following curiosity. So I'd love people to be curious. I'd love people to connect and get in contact with me through there, and just to understand their stories. I'd love to understand what I could learn from people. Yeah. Would you mind now, please, taking the time to share your website? Any ways you'd like to share people to get in touch with you? Some social media. Yeah. So, a um, couple of things: Instagram, be more wrong at be more wrong uh, on a website at be more wrong. So the the, the be more wrong um, website there for the business itself, potential squared. It's potential two potential2.com they can get in contact there uh, but be more wrong is a primary source to get in contact with me love to hear from you love to connect um, and love to share and you know we do a lot of work in the background supporting people without a commercial benefit and i'd love to see if i could do that for some of your listeners as well well thank you for that kind offer everyone please be sure to check out his content as you checked out from this episode he's a great guy and i encourage you to keep networking and growing your entrepreneurial endeavors he's in the uk I'm here in Florida, United States, and we're making it happen. We're making time for it. We're ending this at 6.26 when we're recording. He's in the evening over there. I'm in the morning. But as entrepreneurs, we have to share our stories. If you'd like to check out more on the show, we're on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at That Entrepreneur Show. And on Twitter, we're at Podcasts by Lancey, so you get updates from all I do. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey for all social media and YouTube. My website is vincentalancy.com. If you check out any of my books, please take a selfie with it. I will put you on my website and my stories. I would love to share your support. And it's time for the quote to end the show. This one is from today's Spotlight Entrepreneur. You don't go into anything contemplating failure because if you did, you wouldn't make it. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you all on episode two of season 10 that entrepreneur show.